Welcome to episode nine, Future of Beauty Unfiltered podcast. Today, I have been very excited about having this conversation. We have the amazing Sarah Carolides with us. Hello. Hello, Hannah. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Yes, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, I am your host, Hannah Cook, Head of Growth and Innovation here at the Pull Agency. Um, Sarah has actually very generously given us her time today uh, to join us we actually saw her speaking at an event uh, not that long ago and we were just in such awe about everything that you've been through and talking about all things nutrition that we just had to talk to you so I'm going to embarrass you now and do a little bit of a bio on the okay. things you've achieved um, so obviously this week we're going to be talking to the UK's top functional medicine and nutritionist specialist with over 20 years of experience. Um, 20 years plus, apparently, according to your bio, of helping and supporting people with nutrition and health problems, uh, changing countless lifestyles across the UK and worldwide. That must be a very rewarding journey. It really is. Honestly, I fall in love with all my clients. They're just what people go through. And then when you get to help them and see the changes that they can start to make themselves it's yeah. so powerful. I love it. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Well, you've worked with quite a few uh, leading companies as well across the UK when it comes to their workplace wellness program. So I'd love to chat about that a bit. And obviously your approach working with doctors and consultants in particular, you know, your secret weapon is that whole body approach. I know we were talking about that earlier downstairs. So I'm keen to talk about that more around kind of embracing everything from food to hydration, sleep to exercise, stress, and even kind of organization with your own life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit anal OCD. So I'm totally yeah. with you on that one. Um, but on top of all that, you are also Zuki's head of nutrition. Yes. So you lead the conversation on key health conditions such as menopause in the workplace and obviously the importance of vitamin D, especially in the wintertime. Yep. Um, that's amazing. I mean, I could go on. You've got an undergraduate, postgraduate science degrees from the University of Cambridge, a clever cookie. Um, and obviously diplomas with distinction from the Institute of Optimum Nutrition Centre uh, for um, Integrative Sports Nutrition. Oh, the list goes on. What an amazing background. So thank you so much for coming again today. Um, I'm going to jump straight in with a question here. You are very passionate about nutrition. You know, when we first started talking, we went around so many things. And today, I know we're really keen to kind of talk about particularly the gut between uh, the gut, the link between gut and mental health. I need yeah. another sip of this coffee now. Um, what is it that makes you so passionate about nutrition and how it impacts both physical and mental well-being like how did you actually even get into this in the first place well everybody in my field complementary medicine has gone through the same journey where we've had something happen to our own health mm. we have not been able to resolve it with the western medicine with the tools that we've got through the gps and what's out there we've done something ourselves we've changed nutrition lifestyle something's happened and that's how we've healed it and I'm exactly the same. Mm. And for me, that happened actually just after university. I had quite a stressful last year at university where I realized I hadn't done any work and I needed to pull my socks up and actually get going. Finished that and then pretty much had a collapse. Now, I come from a long line of medics. My parents were both doctors. Mm. So I had access to all sorts of specialists and this and that. And they took me to see all sorts of people. Nobody could help. Eventually, I read an article in a magazine about somebody who'd gone to a nutritionist. I went to see that lady and it was a light bulb moment because it was the first time that I had realized what you eat actually affects how you are. I mean, my mother, 
you know, worked un- unbelievably hard, never got home before 7.30 at night, mm. would, there'd be a piece of meat, she'd take out a tin, a packet, a frozen veg, that was dinner every mm. day. I think breakfast was Pop-Tarts, uh, <laughs> lunch was a sandwich, you know. It, it, I Charles, mean, perfect diet <laughs> yeah, exactly. right Exactly, I was very happy with yeah. that, but it was not a good diet. Going to university, I hadn't got a clue how to cook. I think I lived off toast and pizza, mm. as most students do. Noodles. Uh, pot, exactly, didn't have pot noodles in those days, but wish I had. Um, <laughs> I might have got a vegetable that way. <laughs> But anyway, it was sort of a light bulb moment when I realized that actually what you eat fuels your cells, fuels your physical and mental health. And it cured me at the time. Mm. And that was sort of a, that then stayed in the background. I went into banking for a while. I was traveling all over the place. And then when I eventually I got married and had children, I thought, you know what, this is what I'm really interested in. And my background was biology and genetics. So I had the science there. I knew how it worked. Mm. I brought it all together, retrained as a nutritionist and that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. And that that's just amazing. I mean, so n- nutrition is such a broad term for what it actually is. And I think, you know, that, that kind of famous saying of you are what you eat, yeah. it, it very much resonates. But people kind of take it, I think, sometimes with a pinch of salt. And I think unless you've lived it mm-hmm. and been in that position where you've effectively hit burnout, like you kind of yep. said, I assume that's kind of what you, you went through. Of, and then how do you pick yourself back up and, and build yourself back up? Um, you know, within that category, there are so many areas that you could help people. Do you find there's like a common area that people always come to you with? Yes, I think the biggest issues are I'm exhausted all the time. Fatigue fatigue. is a big, big thing. I'm just tired all the time. And then the second thing is my stomach's not right. And those are actually the biggest reasons that people go to the doctors. Mm. And one of the things, I've always worked with doctors. I don't like the separation. I don't like the sort of, oh, I can't go to a doctor. I'm never going to have an antibiotic. I'm never going to do any medicine at all. You know, that the separation between Western medicine and complementary medicine, I think the way forward is to actually bring it yeah, all together. Yeah, make them work together. Yes, because, so I've been lucky enough to work with very forward thinking doctors who, when people go to them, they say, right. What's your diet? Yeah, exactly. And they say, okay, I'm going to put you on a medicine for now, but I also want you to see Sarah because I want you to take you off that medicine mm-hmm. in three or six months time because you you've done the work underneath and you've got yourself to a point where you don't need that drug Mm. anymore. And that's where it's really powerful. So I think the biggest things that people come for are definitely fatigue and the gut. Mm. And that we can certainly work on with nutrition. And I think the gut, so, you know, we've worked with lots of different brands over the years. Um, Simprove, I know I've mentioned to you before, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate of gut health. This is how we actually kind of got all excited and talking in the first place. You know, 80% of your hormones, I think, if I read it correctly or around that, I'm sure you can correct me, kind of come from, you know. Some of the hormones, not all of them. Yes. Uh, But serotonin, which is the happy hormone, some of them are certainly made in the gut. Yes. And I think people don't realise, actually, you know, we've all done it. You know, you have a heavy night out, you spend the whole day, the next day eating rubbish, and you wonder why it takes you so so much longer to bounce back. You know, I come in from a night out and I drink my green shot and have my vitamins and wake up and have a salad because that's, you know. But it's the education for people around understanding how what you eat and how you fuel your body and the impact it's going to have on your mental health there's not a lot out there I mean we're starting to definitely talk about it more and I think one of the things you touched on a minute ago is that you've been really fortunate to work with forward-thinking doctors yes not not all doctors do actually say what do you eat do you sleep how much water do you drink they really don't I think in the whole five six years of medical training there's something like seven hours of uh, education on nutrition that's it it's actually horrifying um 
it's basically Western medicine, what we've got to. I mean, having said that I want to work with it, a lot of Western medicine is, is there a drug to get rid of the symptoms? So if you came to me with a headache, mm. if you go to the doctor with a headache, the doctor's going to say, okay, take a paracetamol, take an ibuprofen if he thinks there's any inflammation there or something. Let's get rid of the symptom. I'm going to say... What's the cause? What's the cause? Where's that headache from? Have you eaten a food that you're sensitive to? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Etc. All that kind of simple, simple stuff mm. that gets to the root of it. Whereas a lot of Western medicine will use a drug to just contain the symptom. And if there isn't a drug, they might just cut it out. That's the other problem mm. <laughs> that we get to. So yeah... There are, that's, that's the bad side. That's the negative side of Western medicine, that we rely on drugs and cutting things out without going to the cause. And again, it's, it is just education. I think it's very interesting, though. We've, we've spoke about this a lot. I spoke about this with Joseph Harwood, who was actually our first guest on our, our podcast, and it was in the context of makeup, actually. Um, and the difference between particularly the UK and and let's say outside of the Western world. So let's take America and the UK out of the scenario and kind of talk yeah. about other areas. They very much, when it comes to skincare, even France, where we were talking about this with Cordelie on one of our podcasts, um, they look at the cause, as you've just said. Whereas here, we even with makeup, you get bad skin. Before lockdown, you just covered it. Yes. You didn't sit there and say, why have I got bad skin? I'm going to get to the bottom of it. You just said, that's fine, more makeup. Yes. And you just kind of covered. And it's just a really interesting mindset I do think it's shifting slowly I think COVID I talk about this on every episode and I say I'm not going to but it was such a big pivotal point yes. gosh can't talk today can I um in people's mindsets of going I need to look, look at after myself myself yes. and the cause rather than fixing the symptom which is obviously what you said so there's definitely a bit of a a learning curve that even GPs need to on go both through sides, that's right yeah to, to go hold on a minute our can see our yes. customers our, our patients are thinking differently yes. maybe we need to think a little bit differently too well it's interesting you say that I work with a lovely dermatologist professor Al Niami who is top of his game in terms of lasers and special treatments and one of the things he deals with a lot is rosacea mm. he's now we had so many discussions over lockdown and whatever he now sends everyone to me because he knows that rosacea is very often linked to a problem in the gut, mm. uh, something called H. pylori or leaky gut, things like that. When we work together, so he will sort of get the lasers out and deal with the topical stuff, but he'll send the people to me. I deal with the gut. Mm. I know we're getting away from mental health here, but no, it's fine. Uh, and it works, you know, it, it solves the problem so much faster. The rosacea goes, people understand what they can do and it's, it's not going to come back. So he's great. And he's exactly at that point where he's thought, hang on a minute, there is more. I know what I can do with the machines and the lasers and the treatments and whatever. I've got all that. But actually there is this other side to it mm. that if we work together, it's so much more powerful. So why, why does rosacea, you know, why is gut connected to that? Because obviously rosacea is one thing, but eczema is, is another. Eczema, yes. there's so many yes. kids now that are actually not only having more eczema than they did before, but it's worse. Yes. Like It's horrendous, these poor little kids sometimes. And a lot of the time people go back to, do they have allergies? What's their diet like and gut health? Why? why what's gut got to do with rosacea? Well... The skin is the largest organ of detoxification in the body. If you think about it, it's an area where we can get rid of things. Now, if your gut is compromised, if the lining of the gut is not particularly strong or you haven't got the sort of mucus layer that keeps everything out, it's a bit like a mosquito net, the, mm. the gut lining. I always say it's a bit like a mosquito net. And if you've got something called leaky gut, which is a term we hear thrown around a lot, it means the holes in the mosquito net have got 
too large for whatever reason, things can start getting through. They get into the bloodstream, they cause reactions, and one of the areas they can get out is through the skin. Mm. So this is can be at the root of a lot of problems like eczema, acne, rosacea, all of them. There is always a link with the gut. With children with eczema, it's often genetic. However, we have seen amazing results. We have a fantastic case study that we're about to release where we had a little toddler, gorgeous little boy called Cooper, uh, who was taking omega-3, the fish oil product that we have. And it was actually completely by chance. His mother read omega-3s were good for children. His eczema, which was awful, cleared up in a couple of weeks and she didn't really put two and two together but then they went on holiday and she forgot to take it with her and it went back and his eczema came back again so the fish oils that's kind of working on the integrity of the skin and the gut membranes itself Mm. so you've got your genetic problem but then you've also got the integrity of the skin and this is where all the nutrients can help so things like fish oil finding out if you've got a parasite or bacteria like the helicobacter pylori that i was speaking about before that often affects rosacea there are so many links with the gut but that's you know if things are getting through the gut that shouldn't Mm. they will often come out through the skin wow that's amazing um and i think we've just spoke about the gut quite a bit so it's you've transitioned me really nicely onto my next question actually while you have a little sip of your coffee um so we there's a lot of physical side effects. I've, I love that analogy of saying it's a mosquito net. I really do. That makes yeah. so much sense. Because even I, I struggle with my gut. I always have. Um, I actually ignored it for years. I kind of just lived with it. Like yes, we were saying about yes, with women, you just yes. kind of get on with it. Yeah. Um, and it's really now in the last couple of years, I've really started kind of Great. taking the time to understand it better. But one of the things I noticed, so... Um, I don't eat gluten anymore. I have an allergy. Yeah. Um, not not celiacs, thank goodness. No, but, sensitivity. Uh, yeah, very yeah. much got tested to it. Um, but in the time, obviously, when you get tested for celiacs, you have to eat it. Yes. Oh, um, God. And my mental health really suffered because of it. Yeah. Massively. Um, to the point where it's terrified me to, to kind of eat it again, just and because of that process and the yeah. physical reaction. So... A lot of people, there is a powerful connection between gut and yes. mental health. Yeah. Um, can we talk a bit more about that? Like what right. actually is the connection? Why does it make a difference? Because it makes no sense, right? Yeah. For my little baby brain, I go, I why, why is what's in my tummy going to make me feel bad? Yeah. Well, you've just mentioned your baby brain. You've got a second brain in your gut. You have as many neurons in your gut as the brain of a small cat. Well, there actually is a second brain. There are all these neurons, nerve cells down there, and they are communicating with the brain in your head. So, you know, the butterflies in your stomach, we we talk about that feeling in my gut, it just wasn't right or whatever, that gut feeling. You do have nerve cells in the gut. So there's three main reasons why the gut affects mental health. One is actually what we eat, whether we have any deficiencies or even excesses. I'm talking about alcohol, cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> uh, sugar, you know, bad foods, processed chemicals, foods, yeah. ex- chemicals, etc. So that could be excesses. But deficiencies of any nutrients, especially the B vitamins, can really affect mental health. So that's the first thing, actually what you're eating, whether you're getting enough or too much. The second thing is the lining of the gut that we just spoke about, the mosquito net. And once that's compromised, which is quite easy, if you're eating a poor diet, if you're stressed, too much alcohol, antibiotics, blah, 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 daily life, really, things then start to get through that. So then food sensitivities. You just talked about gluten. That's a really interesting one. No human being has the ability to digest gluten. We don't produce the enzymes 
that can metabolize and digest gluten. There's no such thing as sort of, you know, human produced glutenases or, or mm. whatever. However, if your gut is functioning really, really well, then you might be able to tolerate it and pass it through the system and excrete it out the other end. Mm. If you've got problems with your gut, mm. then gluten is going to be one of the first things that gets through that mosquito net mm. and can set off problems. Mm. So like you said, it's not an allergy. There's no sort of genetic yeah. allergy underneath there. But the fact is when your gut's compromised, gluten's going to be one of the first things that sets it off. Yeah, well, it was interesting because actually it, I was shocked yeah. um, because I was waiting to see that I was lactose intolerant because I couldn't, I struggled with dairy. Yes. Um, and actually... As soon as I cut the gluten side out and started effectively repairing that yes. gut as best I could, I can now tolerate dairy, whereas I couldn't before. There you go. It was your gut lining. It wasn't any genetic exactly. intolerance, anything under there. This is when, when people do food sensitivity intolerance tests, mm. I always say, leave that. We do that later mm. because what I want to do is heal the gut first. Yeah. And right, you know, if you'd taken a food intolerance test at that point, you'd have probably lit it up like a Christmas tree because mm. everything would have come out because it was just getting through the line and yeah. getting into the bloodstream and causing those antibodies to react. But actually, once you heal the gut, it'll come down to any real intolerances. Mm. So back to, um, yes. sorry, I slightly tangented no, no, there okay. talking about lactose. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, so how does it then impact... Obviously. Yeah. So we've got, so the second one is things getting through into the bloodstream. Yep. And then the third reason is the colony of trillions and trillions of microorganisms that live in our gut called the microbiome. So I don't know if you've, you've yeah, you're yep, nodding I'm away. Nodding. You've read a bit about, they're getting much more into the news. The research is phenomenal. I mean, 90% of the research on the microbiome has been done in the last 10 years. There are now entire institutes devoted to it. So this is the trillions of bacteria, fungi, phytoorganisms. I mean, all sorts flora of things. Flora and fauna. Flora and fauna that live inside us. I mean, there are some biologists who think the bacteria are the real deal and we're just the host. It's actually oh, really? them that are living and evolving and we're just... We're just the box. We're just the box, exactly, wow. to keep them going. Anyway, so they're all in there and it should be a commensal arrangement, which means that they work for us. So you mentioned manufacturing hormones they help produce the serotonin the happy hormone they digest fiber they absolutely love fiber they use it to produce short chain fatty acids that then feeds more bacteria they help manufacture vitamin k the blood clotting hormone they help manufacture all the b vitamins they are incredibly important mm. to our health and well-being they also talk, they chatter the entire time. And that communication goes up through those neurons we spoke about a moment ago, through the vagus nerve up to the brain. When they're happy, the brain knows it, that everything's going well, fine, fine, we can carry on. If they're unhappy, that's what's going to cause the problems in wow. the brain. So we've got, so when we got, you know, coming back to anxiety and depression, three things going on. One, you could be deficient. One of the biggest ones is vitamin D that we mentioned mm. earlier. The minute people are deficient in vitamin D, they start coming mm. down. You start feeling worse. That's a big reason behind SAD, seasonal affective yeah. disorder. People are low in vitamin D. We're not supposed to be in caves all winter. Well, no, we're supposed to I be remember winter, a doctor really. saying actually every single person that you know, particularly in these kind of, in this country, yeah. because of the, between October and March, absolutely high dose of vitamin D daily, get outside. Definitely. Even if it doesn't look like it's sunny, get outside. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be, yeah, you say get outside. We haven't really got the sunlight at this latitude mm. to, you'd have to be naked running around 24 <laughs> I think they'd like that in local park. <laughs> I don't know. Guildford's quite forward thinking, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, yes. So, 
you know, everyone, clock's going back, clock's going forward. You have to take a supplement. And it doesn't need to be really high strength. Yeah. I would say about 4,000 IU with vitamin K. Mm-hmm. Must have vitamin K, otherwise it doesn't get absorbed properly into the bones and everywhere yeah. we need it. There's a load of vitamin D receptors in the hypothalamus. That sh- They know that now. They know how important vitamin D is to the brain. Mm. So number one, get your vitamin D. And then number two, you've got to keep your bacteria happy. And if they're not happy, again... It's going to affect your mental health. And then back to those sensitivities and things. There is something called, uh, gosh, allergic something rather. It's a syndrome where the first sign of an allergy or food sensitivity will always be anxiety and depression. Always affects the brain first. Wow. that's. Am- I mean, it's... <laughs> everyone's so different right and I think this this phrase IBS gets thrown around by consumers actually you know more than anything um you just kind of put it in a box don't you and and it's so broad and I think sometimes you do very much just get on with it I think women in particular from again the conversations I've had typically struggle more I don't know if you found that that women are maybe more sensitive because obviously our hormones are a little bit more spiky I don't know if they're more sensitive but I think we definitely put up with more I mean that was like I was saying to you before men will come into my clinic and they're like oh my blood pressure's up or my left toe hurts or something what do I need to do you know they they don't accept it whereas women oh my goodness we we expect period pain we push through that we expect childbirth to be painful we push through that menopause we're like oh god here we go you know everything we we just think we can get on with it. And whether that's a failure of medicine or whether it's us just thinking grin and bear it, mm. just put up with it like our ancestors did. Yeah. Um, I think we put up, so I don't know that we're more sensitive, but I think we put up with a hell of a lot more than men mm. do. Yeah. Well, I think it's partially a societal thing as well at times, yeah. very much. It's, this is expectation of these are the stages you go through and therefore it's normal. And therefore yes. any form of discomfort is a normal thing. And actually, yes. I think having more awareness. I do think women are... Well, I don't. I don't know. I think people in general, actually, not just women, are becoming more aware of their bodies because, like I say, with lockdown, we had everything went quiet. Yes, we had a time for everything to slow down, and you know, some people drank a lot and they noticed the side effects of that, and other people didn't. But a lot of people actually got very, very fit, physically fit and healthy. I mean, I was definitely one of those people. I left lockdown fitter and healthier than Love I'd that. been in years mm-hmm. you know I, I literally was like I kind of came out of lockdown on but where'd you go yes. um because it was an opportunity to sit there and take stock of you know it's very rare that life slows down that much right yeah. um and I think that's definitely something that lots of brands GPs and things are kind of paying the price for actually a little bit now is how do, what do we do next mm-hmm. so you know we, we talk a lot about nutrition We've mentioned earlier that you work with Zuki. Yes. Who are Zuki? How's this all come about? Zuki are interesting. I mean, I've been doing nutrition for 25 years. I've never linked with a supplement company before. Two founders, two young men founders, the uh, Marcus had a rugby injury Mm. and went to the surgeon to have, I think it was ACL or something like that in his knee. And the surgeon told him as part of the recovery, he had to take fish oils. So he started on those enormous capsules of fish oil oh, which those, couple of yeah. that, I it's like swallowing a milk bottle it is it's, it's, they're horrible to swallow and also you're you're burping fish for the rest i know of it's the awful day. It's, yeah really unpleasant it's the low. whole experience so he thought hang on there's got to be a better way yeah so he spent some time i think the first product was a fish oil water which didn't really work but mm. but it did show him that there was a market for a better fish oil better way 
And then he went to the States and he looked at what is the really best way of getting vitamins, supplements, nutrients into the body. And it's all about coating them in liposomes, lipid encapsulation. Now, this was developed for medicines years ago, decades ago, a way to get a drug into the system. Basically what it is, a lot of nutrients or substances to get them into the body need something called active transport. The body effectively has to provide a taxi to get that particular nutrient across the gut wall and into the bloodstream. Now, when you take most vitamins or supplements, an hour later, you're peeing out orange. Totally. Yes. And you think, okay, well, that was a waste, wasn't it? Well, yes, it was. Now, the reason for that is not necessarily that your body doesn't need that supplement doesn't need that nutrient. It's because it doesn't have enough taxis available. It doesn't have the, the facility to take the nutrients into the body. So an awful lot of supplements have really, really poor absorption. So he didn't want to waste his time with anything of that. He thought, okay, you know, there's a billion dollar supplement industry out there. Mm. And a lot of them are a complete waste of time, frankly. So he took this method of delivery and applied it to fish oils. And that was the first product. So effectively, all the Zuki products are in their own taxis. <laughs> if you like, they're in their own Ubers. It's like the vitamins ready black to cabs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the way I describe it to people because it makes it, it makes quite so much easy. sense. Yeah. Yes. So we've wrapped them in the lipids. That applies to all the products. You'll really notice it if you take the vitamin C. Really? Uh, vitamin C, if you, if you drink the normal sort of... Uh, dissolvable ones or whatever you will be peeing out orange yeah very with much our so. one that doesn't happen you'll feel a lift and, and you won't be peeing out orange an hour later because it's all there ready to get into the system funnily enough our, our uh, head of client services Stephen, we were having a little chat saying that you were coming in today and, and obviously you'd um, generously let's try some products and he said i don't know what it is but i definitely feel more awake yeah, he said yeah. you know it's not quite the same kick you get from coffee but no, you get a kick but we're getting there exactly yeah. that's it because it's actually showing you what can happen when you get the nutrient into the system the and it works properly mm. so that was the first thing was the absorption he wanted to come up with a product that was best in show, best in market. And then he wanted to make the experience really enjoyable because, and this is something that really resonates with me, most clients, they'll start off really keen. I'll give them a few supplements. You know, we're going to change your diet. We're going to add this in. We're going to take this out. We're going to give you a few supplements. After a couple of months, they're like, oh, I was about to swear. No, I mustn't swear. <laughs> you can swear all you like. <laughs> oh, no, can't do this. Honestly, I hate these capsules. Can't yeah. be bothered. This yeah. is just not fun. I forgot, you know. And they go back to not taking things. They just get stuck in the drawer and forgotten. So he wanted an experience that actually was enjoyable, really nice taste, mm. uh, something, you know, the little sachet, you can have it with you everywhere in your desk, in your handbag, in your mm. sports bag, whatever works for you, whatever time of day. Mm. So it was kind of marrying experience with efficacy. Yeah come up with a, something really really good and that's what they've done i mean i i think the products are really interesting so um i can't remember which one but one of them turns it white um and i thought that i put it in water yes so i'd mix it in with water yes. and i was like i felt like kind of jesus at the last dinner where instead <laughs> of water to wine it's water to milk and yes. i was thinking wow what an amazing experience that would have been the vitamin c or the vitamin d i think i think one it's of those the vitamin two. d vitamin d there vitamin you go. d um and uh yeah it's a really interesting experience because i take as I've, we've mentioned before lots of different supplements and you are absolutely spot on it's yeah. it's a real commitment you kind yes. of feel like you're rattling and it's sometimes if you take too many it's uncomfortable 
comfortable. Feel nauseous. Yeah. You do because exactly. your stomach's going. What have mm-hmm. you just put in here? Yes. Um, and it is a lot. It is a big commitment. So to be able to be in a position where you kind of go, oh, do you know, I haven't got time today. Throw a little sachet in your bag. Yeah. Either put it in water. Or if you if you drink That's other what things, I do. I put them in my water bottle, so it's just there, and I'm sipping it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, put, I I mix it in with my kind of greens shake that I have right. in the morning or smoothie or whatever. And there's, so there's so many different ways. Um, and even with children, it actually can become a bit more playful because it is very kind of rich and, and yeah. kind of not syrup like but it's quite thick yes um so you definitely feel like you're eating something it's quite i think someone compared it to like the frube experience that's it's exactly right well a lot of my clients they use them as snacks or not not well either snacks or they're instead of a up. dessert yes or they'll have it you know when you want the, when you want when you want something, something sweet, sweet exactly yes. after your lunch or whatever for me like a little piece of dark chocolate or something. i've got to have a little piece, after yeah. dinner i've got to have a little piece of dark chocolate just yeah. got to uh, so having that instead, mm. and you're doing something good, and also it is slightly sweet, so yeah. it gives you that feeling of you've given yourself a treat. Absolutely. Um, so obviously, you know, you started working kind of with um, Zuki. You, you talk a lot about kind of nutrition and the kind of poor, um, and then also the good bioavailability within that. Yeah. Um, what does that like? How do people know what they're getting? So obviously with Zuki, there's lots of different products. There's stuff for kind of menopause. There's collagen ones. There's I think I remember there's uh, I I don't know whether I say it right turmeric 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 yes. turmeric however you like yeah exactly like that's very much something that people are talking about a lot yes. at the moment and there's a lot of kind of new products coming into the market where that's a big thing I know CMOS is a product that's very much coming into yes. the market and people are talking about as well so how do how do people kind of work out I know what they it's need? so hard on your own there are some basics uh vitamin d and fish oils even the gps will tell you mm. actually everybody needs those but I sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet here. Honestly, do what it. you need to do <laughs> at it. some point is go to a nutritionist, have some tests done and work out what you need. Because age and stage, what you need at 30 years old, heavy periods, vegan diet, whatever whatever is your lifestyle and stage is going to be completely different to when you're 50 or 60, menopausal, diets changed, not doing so many, not producing as many digestive enzymes. It changes. It mm. changes radically throughout our life. So get it. It's almost like going for a health check or an something. MOT. An MOT. Exactly. It is just worth going getting a couple of tests, seeing what your levels are, what's going on. And then if you get the right person, work out what you can do with your lifestyle. I had a lovely client yesterday. He's got a lot of gut problems. And we were talking about, okay, you need to take these sort of antimicrobials, this and that. But he's working full time. He lives on his own. He doesn't know how to cook, whatever. So then we came down to, okay, we're going to get some, a meal delivery system. You are going to take some antibiotics because you've got all sorts of things going on in your gut. And it would take us months with antimicrobials and things, herbals, so actually, we're going to do something a bit faster. Then bit we'll come extreme. back. To, you know, you've got to work around people's lifestyles as well. Yeah. So getting that MOT, finding what you need personally, I think is crucial. It's really interesting, I think, because, you know, just thinking back on my own personal journey, I've never actually said I should probably go see a nutritionist. I've just kind of tried to work it out on my own because it is really yeah. overwhelming. And the it market is. has exploded like you mentioned you know it's probably more than a billion pound kind of market now it's it's just when you look I think the supplements market's predicted to grow by like 200% in the next seven years um there's constantly new products coming out you know I have people I'm going to release this vegan collagen and this and that and it's 
as a consumer, it's overwhelming to know which one you should take and why. Like yeah. co- look at just collagen for an right. example. Like yes. that one little section is huge. It really there's is. There's powders, there's tablets, there's liquids, there's blooming, I think there's cakes you can eat now with yes. it in. Like, and it's yeah. kind of, is it animal proteins? Is it marine collagen? Is it yep. plant-based? And actually... It's a bit like with HRT and menopause. And I was trying to, have, like I said to you earlier, having this conversation with my mum. Yep. One is putting something back in yep. with HRT. And, and, and a kind of a natural supplement version is actually trying to trigger yes. your body's own processes yeah. for producing it. So they're actually very different things. Yes. But the way in which sometimes the market communicates you wouldn't necessarily know that. I know, I know. Well, collagen's a really interesting one. I love it. Collagen is unbelievably important to the body. It's the most abundant protein in the body from the age of about 25, 30 years old. I know, it's very depressing. I know. I mean, it's so young, so <laughs> young, isn't too it? soon. We start producing less and less. So we lose the ability to produce it at about 1% a year. Then during Ooh. menopause, as if we didn't have enough problems, that's production really falls off a cliff. So by the time you're about 60 years old, you're actually trying to fuel your body with about a third of the collagen production that you had when you were 25. Now, it's not just skin. Obviously, the beauty industry markets it as skin, hair, it's nails. It's ligaments. It's, yeah. it's ligaments. It's tendons. It's bones. It's absolutely everything. There is a reason why 50-something women have far more Achilles tendons, knee, AP shoulder, joints. hip injuries because... Yeah. As estrogen falls, that's when the collagen production goes, etc. So we really lose that. Taking collagen, again, it's fascinating because it's the one nutrient that when you take it actually stimulates the body to produce it itself if you take it with vitamin C. So no other nutrient does that. We're either just replacing or replenishing. Why do you have to take it with vitamin C? Because it's the vitamin C plus the collagen that pushes the body to start producing it again. Okay. For some reason. A lot of products don't have vitamin C no, within they don't. it. They don't. So, I mean, so they're still giving you collagen, but they're not giving you that extra kick. It's that taxi. Of, exactly. <laughs> yes, here's my taxi again. Um, is They're not giving you that extra kick of producing, of getting the body to stimulate its own production. So taking it with vitamin C is that much more powerful. Mm. Uh, marine collagen is almost all type one, which is in the skin and the hair. It's slightly easier absorbed. It also, very important, needs to be hydrolyzed. Collagen's an enormous molecule. It cannot go in topically, as you probably know. We just can't get it through the skin, the pores of the skin. But if you take it internally, it needs to have been broken down, hydrolyzed. It's all about the kilodaltons, size, kilodaltons matter. So many words I need to go and Google. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Size does matter when it comes to nutrition. So when you take a protein powder or something, it's about 70 kilodaltons in size. You can't absorb it that much. But if you take a hydrolyzed collagen that's really been broken down into tiny, tiny peptides, then your body can absorb it. So the kilodaltons matter. Bovine collagen contains more types of collagen, uh, but a lot of people don't tolerate that as well or don't want to take the bovine collagen. Vegan collagen is a bit of a misnomer. There's Mm. actually no such thing at the moment. They are working on it. They are trying to combine the peptides from plant sources that would make up the animal Mm. peptide. You can get eggshell collagen if you're vegetarian, Mm -hmm. uh, but the vegan collagens, they are sort of collagen-like Again, supplements. So that's what I mean. It's about kind of trying to trigger yes. a thing rather than putting it back in. And that's, that's right. where as a consumer, it's really hard because 
no one's actually talking about that in this detail. And I think if you did, it would really empower you to make decisions. So, I mean, you, collagen, what's the best type then if you to help come back in? Um, I would recommend a marine collagen is the easiest absorbed. Uh, so a hydrolyzed, low molecular weight marine collagen with vitamin C would be the way to start. And it's type one and type three? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, you, you might try bovine as well, but I would recommend a marine as more acceptable to everybody. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I mean, there's so many different things with this. And do you know what? So it comes back to, again, that mental health piece. So it's not just about gut in this instance. So you've just said, right, too big. There's a certain size when it comes to collagen. So it's got to be kind of allowing you, it's got to be broken down to support that taxi element so that your body can process it in the right way. It then has to be absorbed with vitamin C to help trigger your own body's natural production process. Um, But on top of that, as you've just said, you're working with a third, when you get kind of to the later stages in life, you're working with a third less than you had before. Everything's aching. That's also going to have an impact on your mental health. So it's not just about saying, you know, your hormones are making you sad. It's that you're effectively living in a home. Your body is your home. You're living in a home that's not falling apart. That's not the right way to say it. It's slowing down. If things become harder, digestive enzymes is another one. Past the age of 40, our production of digestive enzymes actually decreases as well. So you could be eating the best diet. You could be living on a farm with totally natural, organic, lovely, seasonal, local products. But if you're not producing the digestive enzymes that breaks them down to get them into the body then you're not going to get the full benefits of that. So that's another thing, getting people over the age of 40 to have a digestive enzyme when they eat. Oh, right. So that's how you'd fix it. Just to supplement it, just to make sure that you are getting the most nutrients out of your diet and not wasting your time. And um, we we spoke about this earlier as well. um, So the the category, the wellness category, the supplements category... It's, the growth is huge. Yes. And it's still, as I said, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there are new brands coming in every single day with something different. You know, as I mentioned, CMOS is now starting yes. to be elevated a bit more. And they're saying it's got all these vitamins and they're all Iodine minerals. And, things, and yeah. um, you know, it's, it's really hard to differentiate between should that be my focus or should my diet be my focus? Because right. a supplement fundamentally is what it says on the tin. A supplement. It's a yes. supplement. And actually a lot of consumers see supplements as these magic silver bullets. Yeah. And they're just, they're not. No, they're not. They're not. They can make a huge difference, but you're absolutely right. Diet should be number one. The whole point of nutrition, you have to remember, all we are is a bunch of cells, mm. Okay. They are continually replacing, remaking, repairing themselves 24 hours a day. Now to do that, if you think about it, if you want to make a new skin cell, you need to access vitamin C, proteins, amino acids, all sorts of things, essential fatty acids. There's no magic store in the body. There's no Deliveroo, Amazon warehouse, whatever. (laughs) I know, wouldn't it? The only place you get the nutrients to make new cells for your body is through what you eat and drink. So Hannah, if we we were to sit here in a year's time, 365 days, over 95% of your body will be completely new. Wow. Okay. Over 95% of your body will have been replaced in that year. So if you think about it, it's so important, you know, you've got to make a new skin cell, like you're saying, okay, 
Okay, brain to liver. I'm simplifying here. Yeah. I need some new skin cells. Right, well, uh, she's been out. She's been out at Christmas parties for the, the last week. She's been on the lash for the last week. So uh, she hasn't really been eating. She's had a lot of coffees and a couple of glasses of Chardonnay and mm. a pizza in the evening. Mm. Oh, she did have a lettuce. She did have a salad the other day. But, you know, I've got some vitamin C. I haven't got much protein in here. I can make you a skin cell, but it's not going to be very good. Do you see what I'm getting at? When they're going back to the you are, you are what you eat, what you eat and drink is going to be what your body relies on tomorrow to make the new cells that are needed. And that's not just the physical body. It is the mental body as well. It takes over 50 different nutrients to have a happy thought. Don't ask Whoa. me why, but it takes more nutrients to be happy than sad, which is kind of interesting from an evolutionary well, takes, point of view it takes uh, more muscles to frown than it does to smile yeah okay okay so, i like that there we go yes working too hard exactly <laughs> i smile all the time i'm lazy yes. my face is lazy <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> my face is working very hard anyway <laughs> but the point is to be happy you've got to fuel yourself properly and i think you know like you said earlier when you've had a bad week and you haven't been eating well you just feel down you yeah, know it your energy rough. goes you feel lethargic you and you feel don't the, sleep as well you don't sleep as well everything comes down to it so we have to work at being happy you have to make sure that you're feeding yourself properly that should be your number one on top of that boost it up with supplements as and when you need them. Some of them I think are pretty much essential all year round. Uh, some of the basics, some of them will be just from time to time. Uh, maybe iron at a certain point in your life, if you've got heavy periods or pregnancy, the folic acid, unbelievably essential when you're pregnant. You know, there are ones that are essential different times of life. But you're right, it should be supplements. Diet has to be number one. Mm. And with the diet side... So I, I heard you were talking about fiber earlier. That for me was as soon as I kind of got my head around fiber, it was a game changer yeah. because processed foods, fiber, what's that? Yeah. It's just, it, it always comes from the natural foods and, and it, you don't have to shop organic to be, you know benefit in that way. Yes. Um, but it's, you know, what are, what are the basics when it comes to what you should be thinking about for your diet yes. before you then start going, hang on a minute, I'm doing all these basics. These are the things I'm doing. I'm prioritizing kind of seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I'm drinking X amount of liters a day. I'm getting yep. my exercise. I'm doing all the, the good things that yes. I need to do and it's still not working. But what are those basics that need to happen before you should then say, maybe I should go see a nutritionist? Okay. Well, you mentioned water in passing there. Hydration is always my number one. I often spend a lot of... Oh, I look at the that. size that's of this bottle. Enormous. <laughs> two enormous. liters. Everyone that's goes, fantastic. that's massive. I go, that's I drink fantastic. two a day. Well it, done. It never leaves my side. Doesn't it make a difference? when you started doing that uh it well I've always been a big water lover yes um very lucky my sister however is like Bleh, hate it but I can drink any kind it it, it changes my personality but yeah. not only that my performance in work I can think faster if I'm sat there and I'm sluggish and someone's talking to me and my I'm like I haven't drunk enough yes it's my default yeah well actually it's interesting there are studies on that even a four um, percent drop in hydration can cause up to a 10 percent drop in performance mental wow. and physical uh, I mean, sports physiologists will tell you that and they know how important it is for athletes, but we need to know that in daily life. So water is my number one. When clients come to see me, often the first one or two weeks, I'm like, right, drink some water. Drink. Get, you know, getting them over just even one glass a day or yeah. something can be absolutely huge. You need water as a catalyst for every single chemical reaction in the body, every single one. So wow. when you're dehydrated, everything slows down. So that is number one, is hydration. Then I talk about, think about color. 
And think about the vegetables on your plate. Most of us, when we think of a meal, we think of the protein first. I'm going to have beef. I'm going to have salmon. I'm going to have whatever, chicken, whatever. And then the vegetables become sort of the side issue. So the garnish. Yes. I get people to think about it the other way around. I want your plate two thirds full of lovely, colorful, different types of vegetables, starchy, non-starchy. Don't care how you cook them as long as you don't deep fry only occasionally. Mm. You can have them raw, steamed, whatever. Mm. Loads of different vegetables. Think color. Then the protein becomes almost the garnish, Mm. if you like. And now that is important. And I want, especially women, again, we tend to eat less protein as we age and actually we need it. So I do want a good source of protein at every meal. It slows down the sugar release. It keeps the balance. And then the third one is the essential fats. So that's your avocado or your olive oil, your oily fish, coconut, things like that, nuts and seeds. They're called essential because the body can't make them. So we actually need to take them in every day. Uh, And then on top of that, herbs and spices. They are nature's medicine cabinet. So as many different herbs and spices as you can get in. I set my clients, I set them a challenge. We start with sort of 20 different herbs, spices, vegetables, fruits a week. And then we go up to 30 or 40 just to get that variety in. And I know it's difficult if you're living on your own, you can't get sort of small packets of things. So then you've got to use your freezer, make something, freeze it, whatever. But think variety, think color. You spoke about fiber, unbelievably important to keep the system going. And this has been a big casualty of the whole keto movement. Totally. There is a place for keto. There's a lot of science behind it. It works for certain people, certain conditions, whatever. But when you cut out the fiber, everything slows down the bacteria the microbiome suffers Mm -hmm. so even when people are kind of trying to lose weight or going keto i really insist on one starchy vegetable a day one serving of sweet potato parsnips brown rice butternut squash something that's Mm going to give your microbiome something to munch on yeah definitely it's amazing. And I think that's definitely one of the biggest things. This has been fascinating. But I think there's so many things we could talk about. But I, why why do you think, and it's just more your personal opinion, you know, you spoke to so many different academics, uh, doctors, whatever about this, these kind of different categories. Why do you think consumers are more aware of it now? What's been the shift? I think the shift has been that actually we have been failed a lot by Western medicine. There isn't anyone, you know, you go along and you end up, you start on one pill, then it's two, then it's three, statins, blood pressure. You know, I mean, on this this whole sort of rhetoric about you get to 50, oh, now you've got to go on your statins and your blood pressure. No, absolutely not. I think education is a big part of it. Um, There is a big gap between the educated public and people who don't know as much about it. And there are a lot of sort of hardworking families out there who no longer sit around the dining table who, I mean, I work with a school in Westminster where the kids, a lot of the girls come in with a two litre bottle of Diet Coke. That's their lunch. They haven't had breakfast. They've got Diet Coke for lunch. They won't have a family meal in the evening because their parents are working two shifts or something. You know, they, they go back and it might be a packet of something or whatever. So, you know, saying that the public are more educated, I think we've got to qualify that certain sections of the public are a lot more educated and aware now totally but there is an awful lot of the public who really haven't got a clue because they just haven't been told they walk into a supermarket where there's a aisles and aisles of products that should not be marketed as food because they are not Mm. (laughs) but they're cheap 
and that's what they're living off. So, yeah, a lot of people are more educated and more aware, but we've also got to reach a lot of people who aren't, I think. Do you, and do you think, I mean, I have this discussion a lot, so I've got a five-year-old who's just kind of entered the education system year one, um, and you kind of go through the whole, this is what we're going to teach them and this is what we're going to do. And one of the things that I noticed straight away um, and this isn't a reflection on his school because actually he's in a very wonderful school. He's very yeah. lucky. Um, but is the lack of education around food. Yes. So he does come home and, and I, again, because I'm very much about food, he, he eats lots of different types of fruits and vegetables and we kind of try and make it fun and playful yeah. and this is the rainbow food and what colour is this and finding the ways to kind of, again, make food a game and educate yourself and push you to try more things because kids are fussy as we know. Yep. But schools no matter what stage of life they don't see i've never used the pie equation since i left I know, so why I don't you teach me about real pie yeah <laughs> yes, like, yes. It's, it, there's definitely something at a much bigger level where we have a responsibility to help people really understand how to live because we are living longer yeah you know we're living longer lives um you know just all of the different things. We we actually met with um, someone on a podcast that's coming out uh, tomorrow, actually, um, where she was talking about her own experiences um, in the supplements world and how physically we're about 10 years more aged than we were from our previous yeah. generation because yeah. our cells are just not firing because life is more stressful. Yes. You know, life is faster. It is more stressful. Like you mentioned, people are having to do more things because of cost yeah. of living. And you, you could sit there and talk about all the different reasons for it. Um but we don't educate people enough just no, at a core don't. basic level. Do you know what? I have two dreams. If I could be prime minister tomorrow, if they got rid of Rishi Sunak and put me in number 10, I would do, <laughs> I'd do two things. One, I would change the educate. I would teach every child in the country to cook. We got rid of home economics, I don't know, back in the 80s, 90s. I I, it was a bit rubbish. We learned how to cook pineapple up, upside down cakes and stupid stuff. But at least we weren't scared of the kitchen. I would teach every child in the country to cook. It breaks my heart when children go through years of pretty poor diet. Then they go to university. They haven't got a clue what to do. They live off pasta, beer. Yeah, that's it. And then their mental health goes mm. because they haven't had a vegetable in weeks. They haven't seen the sunlight. They don't know what they're doing they and water. they really struggle. I would teach every child. I teach every child how to make a vegetable, how to cook uh, and just look after themselves. And the second thing I would do is instead of GP surgeries, we'd have health hubs. You would have a physio, a PT, a nutritionist, everything you need there to actually so when you go to the surgery and say here's my problem they're like okay right you're going to go and see an exercise person you're going to see a nutritionist you're going to see a massage whatever it is you need sleep specialist mm. and we're going to get you to sort yourself out from but you know, by yourself without needing our drugs and everything else mm. um, but I think it's so important what you've just said teaching children and the more you engage your son mm. keep make it fun keep oh, yeah. you know, let him choose a meal okay what what do you want to eat this week what you know what do you choose mm. on Wednesday and you're going to cook it you're going to help yeah. him obviously no, he does. There's a, he's yeah, my sous chef I love that, I love that. Yep. it is so so important um, all my kids uh, I made them do cookery courses which actually they loved and it has set them up for life I bet uh, so just having that skill, mm. it's, it's so important. It's not, you know, it's there for their health mm. more than anything else. No, and it, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the Western world, because yes. actually outside of the Western world, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it does happen. It's a yeah. big part of it. I've spoke to so many different peoples from different backgrounds and it's, you know, e even men, 
Yes. My mum taught me how to cook. Yes, it, absolutely Like, I know right. how to cook. I know how to do this. How, yeah. you know, and it's the variety. And again, that herbs and the spices and the yes. different kind of ways of working with food, it's there. Yeah. It's just, for some reason, the westernised world, because we've made it too easy to be lazy. Well, we have. I mean, look at breakfast. Okay, Britain, America, Canada. What do we think of as breakfast? A packaged cereal, mm-hmm. bread with jam, something like that. Any other country, you've got meat, fish, eggs. Uh, I was in fruit. Vietnam, not so fruit. Vietnam, they do this lovely beef soup or whatever. You know, breakfast. They, yeah, they do. They wow. do. Fantastic. They get up, they work a bit first, and then they have breakfast, and it'll be like a beef fur or something like yeah. that. You know, a, a proper meal. It's only us. We have been brainwashed since the 1950s to think that a packet of Cheerios is a nutritious breakfast. How they got Nutella advertising it recently as a healthy breakfast. I mean, <laughs> uh, we don't have Nutella in our house because no. I'm like, there's just calories in a box. You know, so just start with breakfast. We've got it so completely wrong. The mm. food industry has brainwashed us into thinking that is a healthy way to start the day. No, it is not. In my house, I let them have cereal when they came home from school, four o'clock or something, they could have a bowl of cereal as a bit of fun or as a pudding. But breakfast, no, no, that was a proper meal. That was eggs. It was something proper or, you know, a smoothie if we didn't have a lot of time, but with mm. some protein in there. That was a proper meal. You, you've got to set them up for the day. So, yeah, it's that education and it's the influence of the food industries that here, particularly Western Europe and the Americas, we've gone so yeah. far away from what's good for us. I know. It's insane. I mean, so I've got two more questions because yes. I genuinely have loved this <laughs> so much. Thank you so much. Um, firstly, where do you see the supplements category going next? Or just the nutrition? Where where do we yeah. need to go next? Or where are we going next? Well, I think people are becoming far more aware and far more educated. Uh, so you can't just walk into a cheap store and buy a cheap supplement and expect it to work for you. You have got to pay a bit more for mm. what's good for you. So I think two things. I think, yes, we're going to get better delivery systems. People are going to realize that there is a lot of rubbish out there mm. and that they need to sort through the wheat to get to the good stuff. And the second thing is I think we're going to see more personalized uh, ones, especially in the probiotics, because the more we're learning about the microbiome and the specific strains of bacteria, the more we're finding out there are certain bacteria that affect mental health. Uh, They've done, (laughs) they've done a lot of this work on mice and things where they have transported, you know, they'll breed mice that are timid, they'll breed mice that are aggressive. They switch the microbiome, they manage, they take out the bacteria, they give them antibiotics to make them completely sterile, Mm. and then they switch the bacteria and the mice then change characteristics. They've done the same. They've wow. done, I hate to talk about fecal transplants, but they've done some work in Canada where they've had uh, family relations, overweight and slim, and they've done fecal transplants between the two and their weight starts to change. Hold so, on a minute, just so I understand. As in poo? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine, don't say, hold on. I, I got, always end up talking about- They swap poo? Bowels. They basically swap, it's called a fecal transplant. They take out, yeah, Why they use stool poo? samples. They use stool samples, they dehydrate them, kind of, you know, condense them down until it becomes a pill. Right. Can oh, actually, I, know, oh. I, know, I, know, I know, you're swallowing poo. <clears throat> down it goes and it repopulates your gut with the bacteria of the other person. And your characteristics actually change. Whoa. I know, I know. So. (laughs) Don't go eating skinny people's poo, guys. (laughs) Don't do do that. (laughs) We're not quite there yet. Yeah. But, but, you know, I can see a world, we're not there yet, 20, 30 years time where they'll say, okay, they'll analyze your microbiome and they'll go, right, you need this strain, that strain, the other strain, and here's your poo pill. (laughs) 
Oh my lord! Your probiotic. Let's call it a probiotic pill. Yeah. Um, and off you go. Wow. Uh, so I think it's going to become more knowledgeable, mm. and I think it's going to become more personalised. Wow, that is amazing. Blown my mind oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to look at pee the same. I know. Um, so. We have one question. I have loved this. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I have one final question that we ask every single guest on this show, which is we have a lot of marketeers in particular. So people that are actually controlling the communication that's going to these end customers and consumers Mm. that we're talking about. Based on what we've spoke about today, which has been a lot, uh, apart from the first one, which is don't eat poo. Yes. um, What one piece of advice would you give to them? To the marketers or to... Anyone. They're, I mean, they're, they're consumers. What one piece of advice around all of the things we've spoke about today? I would say don't underestimate what you can do yourself, really, when you start. To, I mean, like you did during lockdown. I love that. You took a moment to reflect and think, what do I want to change? How can I do this myself? I absolutely love that. So important for you and your son. Just realize that what we do day to day, and it's not just food, it's exercise, it's sunlight, it's fresh air, it's a bit of meditation, it's sleep, all that. You can completely change your health. Never, ever give up. Never think it's too bad. And realize that you are your most powerful friend. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sarah. Honestly, it has been an absolute joy. Likewise, I've loved it. Yes, I could could chew your ears off for hours, but I won't. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much again, guys. Obviously, if you have any questions at all, please do get in touch at... uh, Oh my gosh, I've forgotten it now. Podcast at thepoolagency.co.uk. And uh, yes, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're very welcome. Thank you. Take care.